Hello, welcome to This Week in the Atlantic Coast Conference, the podcast for allsportsdiscussion.com. This is Jeff, one of your co-hosts. You can follow me on Twitter at TalkinACCSports. The podcast moderator is Matthew, and you can follow him at Smash underscore ASD. I'm going to turn it over to Matthew now as we get a word from our sponsor. Thank you, Jeff. This podcast is sponsored by Main Street Pharmacy in Blacksburg, Virginia, 301 South Main Street, Suite 107, Blacksburg, Virginia, 24060. You can follow Main Street Pharmacy on Twitter at, at Main Street Farm. That's at M A I N S T R E E T P H A R M. Welcome back to this week in the ACC. We're happy to be happy to be back. Jeff and I are both extremely happy to be back. We were off last week for Easter, spending time with our families. This is the podcast of allsportsdiscussion.com. This is the longest running independent ACC podcast in the United States. You can follow our site Twitter account at, at AllSportsDACC. So, Jeff, so I was really busy this week. I was busy on, and you and I talked about this, I've been busy on both ends of the clock, clock with graduate school and with the regular day job, and there was just not enough hours in the day. And there was some big news this week about, and, and I'm talking about NIL news with Jordan Addison at the University of Pittsburgh. Can you please update our listeners and our readers on the NIL news with 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 this University of Pittsburgh wide receiver? I mean, he's he's pretty good one for for the for University of Pittsburgh. And I also want you to talk about your post on this. So part of this is probably an education effort for me, quite frankly, because I haven't kept up with the news as well as I should. And I know you have, and I also know that you've written about it, Jeff. So the floor is yours. I want you to talk about everything. Heck, I even said on Twitter, we could be having an open mic segment all night. The floor is yours, Jeff. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, you know, for our ACC listeners out there, if you, if you haven't seen this weekend, uh, just all kinds of rumors and stories, uh, backstories going on with with the 2021 um Bolitnikoff award winner wide receiver Jordan Addison um of Pittsburgh uh, Matthew and I just just worked on an all ACC team for Magzinic and and that Matt Zimmick and Lindy's and we you know of course we've had Jordan Addison as a first team all ACC player he's a first team all American and uh you know we might have to go back there back there and you know adjusted because the rumor is that usc the usc trojans lincoln riley uh have put an nil offer out there for jordan addison the deadline to enter the transfer portal uh and i think it's the rule is to enter the portal and then play this year without any restriction is may 1st uh, it's May 1st now. We haven't heard officially if he's entered. Uh, I think there's another rule that says there's 48 hours before it has to come out. But, I mean, this has this has ramifications all over the place. I think we already knew that NIL was completely out of control. Uh, it's, the, it's complete Wild West. But if this goes through, even if it doesn't go through, um, what's happening is just unsustainable for, for college athletics. And in my opinion, um, they're talking in the neighborhood of two, 
three million dollars for Addison to come out there to uh, USC. There's rumors that he's getting a house. Uh, they said Pitt has tried to match the offer. Had Pitt legends like Aaron Donald and Larry Fitzgerald trying to talk Addison out of there. There's Pitt players that are you know tweeting out things like um, "Hail to Pitt." Um, talking about being united uh, this is this is all over the place but what's what's so dangerous about this and i i think could could mark the end of, of college athletics as we as we know it is you know he addison was coming back to a team the defending acc champion that had played in a big six bowl game yeah i know his offensive coordinator is not there um, Kenny Pickett is gone, but still he was set to be the face of a, of a top 20 pit program that, that was going to contend definitely for the coastal division title and be a player in the ACC race again. And uh, now USC comes with this apparent NIL offer. Um, if, if this, if this happens, I mean, just, just close the book on, on the future, in my opinion, on, on college athletics, uh, just, you know, take the 40 biggest football programs, call it a semi-pro league, you know, why bother going to classes or, or any other rules? I mean, it's going to be just an absolute, uh, free for all. And I think you had to put the blame on this, not, not on Jordan Addison, um, not even maybe even USC, even though there are rumors of them tampering, which means, that it was supposed to be against the rules to uh, talk about NIL deals with a player until they actually transferred. And there were stories of the, of, of the two, $3 million being put out well before the, the transfer story. So, you know, there's rumors that Pat Narduzzi called Lincoln Riley to complain, but um, at, at this point, you know, like I said, you, you can't blame Addison for going out and get getting the money. Um, you you could maybe have some argument with with USC, but if it's not them, it would be Alabama or Ohio State or some other big name program. Um, the real blame, you know, has to go with the NCAA and Mark Emmert, who could have got ahead of this thing years ago. I mean, NIL was was inevitable. I mean, ever since you go back to O'Bannon. Um, you know, suing for the likeness on the NCAA video games, th it was inevitable that college players and athletes were going to be able to profit from from their name, image, and likeness at some point. Um, but they fought it to the to the very end, took it to the highest levels of the court. You know, of course, they got voted down, and now we have this this wild west free for all, just paying players. Uh, left and right with absolutely no regulation. I mean, even the pro sports leagues, you know, the NFL's got salary craps, uh, salary uh, caps and free agency rules. And, and there are none at the collegiate level right now with, with this, with this NIL. And that that's bad for the sport. Uh, that's bad for college athletics. And eventually it will be bad for the players um, because they're going to get taken advantage of. And eventually, these NILs are going to be tied to performance. Um, they're going to be, um, you know, once they're tied to performance, you know, there's not going to be a college cult out there that's going to say, "Hey, hey, you're you're not 
you're not performing, you're making $500,000, you know, what's to say, hey, I'm just going to cut your, your scholarship or say that NIL money you were counting on, you got injured out there and, and then it's gone. So yeah, th- th- this is, it's, it's completely unregulated. Uh, if the NCAA ha- had gotten ahead of it several years ago and, and planned for it and worked with the conferences and, and the players, they could have come up with, with, um, you know, forms and standards that people could have worked with, uh, but they didn't. They tried to fight it, and now we're just in this complete free-for-all, and, you know, Pitt fans are, you know, waiting to see if if Addison actually transfers, and I, I would, I'd probably put the odds at about 80% he's gone. Okay, okay. Jeff, uh, I'm going to – I hate to say it. You know, I've lived in D.C. for a long time. I lived in D.C. for a long time, and you know you've heard me say on this podcast before that – if you live up here for a substantial amount of time, it's hard for me not to start chuckling when I say this. You probably develop a level of cynicism that you, when you live here versus when you're living everywhere else, I think, right? I think that's part of the, (laughs) part of the DC culture. And did you, I see, I fully expected the NCA would absolutely not have a system of controls in place And I fully expected this to be like the Pony Express that SMU was in the SWAC and the rest of the SWAC teams back in the day when my money was flowing all over the place. I fully expected this and I did not expect an audited audited system of controls to be in place. Was Was my cynicism wrong, Jeff? No, I mean, I think I, I think most everyone realized that the NCA was going to be completely incapable of of managing this with with the conferences, but um, I'm not sure anybody thought it would would fall apart and turn into this this rapidly. Um, but I don't. I I think there were very few people that thought they would be capable of managing it, especially the way they fought it until the very end. I mean. And, and I don't think anyone had any faith in Mark Emmert um, being able to manage it. So I'm not sure if it's the same on all subjects, the, the level of cynicism. But when it comes to the NCAA, I think I don't think there was hardly anyone that thought they were going to be capable of managing it. And, and, and predictably, it's turned into a big mess. Fair enough, Jeff. Fair enough, Jeff. Jeff, if I'm asking you a question today, right, just pull a name out of your hat who do you want to be the next NCA president? Whew. I, I I hadn't really thought about who I might want. Um, I, I I mean, I, I definitely would would look towards someone who's been part of who's who's been at a higher level administratively, either either as an AD of a school or a, a coach, um, you know, it's something I'm not sure if I would want like a, a Mike Krzyzewski or War Williams to to be the head of the NCAA. I think that's probably not something they want to do either, but it, it, I would like guys like that on a committee to help shape some of this stuff. But as far as who I would want to be at the head of the NCAA, um, I hadn't, hadn't really thought about it. Throw, Throw out a name, throw out a couple names for me. and Sure, sure. I mean, I, I actually think I have a perfect candidate for it. 
the uh, we blogged about these guys before about, you know, in different capacities, like having people, you know how we had the blog, I, I had that blog post series on who I thought should be the next ACC uh, commissioner. Yes. I, I think pulling names from that list would be pretty good. So I'll, I'll I don't mind throwing one out there right now. The Virginia Tech athletic director, Whit, Whit, Whit Babcock. Yeah, I, I think uh, someone someone like Whit Babcock, who, who's got a, a pretty strong history as a, an administrator, AD at Virginia Tech. You know, I, I think it make more it, it makes sense like that, that someone who's worked directly um, with the athletes, with the programs, and, and how it affects you know the the programs at these schools would be would be a wise choice, and I I think Whit Babcock would be I think he would be someone I would put on the short list for sure. I'm going to write about that at all sports discussion uh, this month on who I should be, and I, I'm going to throw out some candidates about who I think should be the next president of the NCAA because clearly leadership has to you know leadership has to change at least leadership has to change at the top. Yep. And I mean, and you've talked about this. I mean, you've you've obviously brought up one of the most pertinent examples right now that we're probably falling into. Uh, we're falling into the Pony Express here pretty quick. You know, the SAP, <laughs> the SMU days here pretty quick are coming around. Coming around, they say everything comes around full circle, Jeff. That history repeats itself, and I think we may be seeing a little. I think we may be seeing a little bit of that here. What do you think? Yeah, I, I think we're headed to, I think it is just like the Pony Express with, without, with even fewer rules, um, you know, and no repercussions for these, for these unscrupulous boosters, you know, that are, that are going to be, I mean, on, on the one hand, I mean, you can't fault the kids for, for, you know, taking the best offer. It, it, it was inevitable, but I mean, right now, it's it's just like survival of the of the fittest. Who's got the biggest booster? Who can come up with the biggest plans? And I mean, it was already not an equitable system, especially with college football. But now it's going to be even even more so. And then when you got when you you know D Dabo Sweeney got criticized when he's calling you know out the system as as chaotic, and he's turned out to be one hundred percent correct because now other coaches are are getting on board and saying it's out of control. I mean, Jimbo Fisher has said things. Nick Saban has said it. Everyone realizes that it's it's unsustainable because it's only a matter of time before, you know, Ohio State and, and Texas A&M and Alabama start, you know, picking players off of each other. And then you're going to get like a Nick Saban, you know, his backup quarterback who might be waiting for playing time could be a five-star player who was the – top rated quarterback in a future class but he's sitting behind a um you know a guy who's a two-year starter for example here comes texas a&m or whoever or miami or any school it doesn't matter i'm not i'm not I'm just picking names out of a hat and they come and take his recruit you think you know the saban doesn't want that that's for sure i don't think any any coach or any program really wants what this could become I agree with you, Jeff. I agree with you, Jeff. Let's transition topics here, man, to something really positive right now. Jeff, does the ACC have the deepest baseball league in the country? Yes, they do. 
I, I know SDC fans will, will bristle at that. And, and I, I would say SDC has the best team in the country. Uh, T- Tennessee is an outstanding um, baseball team. They got a guy who can throw it 105 miles an hour and, and, and they are the best team in the country. Uh, but the, but the ACC is, is deeper. And then that's just, um, you know, how it is this year. One of the, you know, you just need to look at, at some of the matchups, you know, during the course of the year, you, you got a Clemson team that, you know, is mired at the bottom of the ACC and they're un- they were, they went undefeated against Georgia, who is a, a top 15 SEC team and South Carolina, you know, Georgia tech, who's a middle of a middle of the pack ACC team with no pitching took a series from Georgia. And, and there are a number of results like like that i mean certainly i would say tennessee is the best team in the country you know arkansas is is very good capable of winning a national championship but uh the the acc is is a deeper it's a 10 11 team deep conference and and could put that many teams into the ncaa tournament that's pretty significant jeff today we're looking at it today right in a vacuum how many acc teams will host regionals uh, I, I think I think you'll get two uh, top eight seeds because the the ACC is kind of you know picking each other off and and not anyone who's been able to really separate themselves completely. Um, you, you saw Miami, you know, going to Georgia Tech this year last week, who who lost a series to Duke the week before, and then Georgia Tech takes two out of three from from Miami um we talked about it on Twitter a little bit I think Virginia Tech is is establishing themselves as the front runner to get a top eight national seed uh we we talked that you know where their pitching and hitting were and I don't think Virginia Tech is the best offensive or pitching team in the ACC but over the last six weeks they've had the best combination of both and that you need that if you're going to make extended runs in the in the tournament in the NCAA, you got to have pitching and you got to have hitting. If you have one, if you're too heavily leaning on one or the other, um, I don't like your chances to advance very far. So, I mean, I would say right now Virginia Tech is playing the best of any of the ACC teams and, and is a front runner for a top eight seed. Uh, after that, it's it's pretty wide open. I think um, uh, Notre Dame. Uh, is in position as one of those teams that could get a, a, a regional, a top eight regional seed, Notre Dame, Miami is still there. Um, even though they had the results in Atlanta, uh, Virginia, who, who lost the series to Virginia tech is in play Louisville. I think they just, uh, I got to look it up. I think they just swept uh, Clemson is in play. Um, and I think those are the teams that can still uh, get a top eight seed. But as far as like uh, the rest of the regional, yeah, that's right. Louisville did sweep um, Clemson. But as far as other teams that can host, it's it's really wide open because the ACC teams have have really strong RPIs, um, but they've kind of mounted up on a lot of conference losses. So I would say Virginia Tech is in a great position to host a regional. It's hard to see them not at least up with a top 16 Notre Dame as well. Uh, after that, 
Uh, Miami, I think, is also pretty much locked into to one. And then you've got Florida State, whose uh, last look is 11 in the RPI. Uh, Georgia Tech, if they could ever, you know, go on on a, on a run and uh, play some consistent baseball, they have the second most Q1 wins in all of college baseball. They have 15 um, Q1 wins, and the only team in the country with more is Tennessee. So Georgia Tech is, is you know, they don't even have to, to run the table or anything like that. If they win their last two ACC series and, and stop losing so many midweek games, um, they're, they're, they've got enough on their resume to be a regional host for sure. Uh, Virginia, Louisville, um, I mentioned Florida State already. Uh, NC State ha- has an outside shot at it, um, but I think they're going to have to kind of go on a run to get into position uh, to be a regional host. They, they, they look like more like a two seed at the moment. Um, Clemson has a solid RPI, but the six and 14 ACC record is an absolute killer. So I don't think you can get past probably NC state as a, as a, you know, to reasonably consider for a regional host. Jeff, you know, what's crazy to me, I mean, as somebody who is a Virginia tech alumnus that, and I want to transition to softball here a little bit, that there actually could be a regional for softball and baseball this year for spring sports in Blacksburg. That's, that's amazing. Isn't it? I mean, you know, because I mean, the the softball, you know, probably looking at Notre Dame, Florida state, Possibly Duke, right? Possibly Duke, but maybe not. No, I would say Duke. You know, I, I not possibly Duke. I would say Duke for sure. And Notre Dame is probably the ones that are hosting regionals. Would you say for softball? Is that is that a fair statement? Um, yeah, for sure. Virginia Tech, Duke, Florida State, Notre Dame, uh, Clemson has it has a. They've got a shot to host too, but. Uh, probably you can't go, you can't get past uh, Clemson. Clemson's probably the last legit ACC school that has a chance at a regional. But the I would say the the first four are pretty locked in, and then Clemson with an outside chance. And I actually think the softball team for Virginia Tech has a legit chance to win a national title this year. And I I'm I'm kind of I, I don't want to get too excited, Jeff. You know, because I've had my heart bro- <laughs> had my heart broken before, but they're playing really good with a lot of players back. Yeah, they're 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 really really good. And I mean, if you're out there listening and you haven't paid attention to to ACC fo- softball, uh, a lot of people are calling the ACC the best softball conference in the country. Um, and I know the ACC takes it on the chin in football, uh, but we know what happened with men's basketball. And the ACC has arguably the best softball and baseball in all of college athletics. And Virginia Tech is a very real national title threat. I mean, Oklahoma will be the prohibitive favorite, uh, but Virginia Tech has a great chance to 
to make a lot of noise in that tournament. And and this is what's really cool about this is that Florida State's been, you know, they won the national championship just a couple of years ago, played for the title. I mean, we know that the Seminoles are an, a nationally elite team. And for a, quite a while, it was just Florida State in the ACC. But now you've got Virginia Tech, Duke, Clemson, Notre Dame, um, you know, Vir- Virginia has got a chance to make the tournament. Um, Louisville might make the tournament. Georgia Tech, um, in a lot of prognostications, has a great chance to make the field. They beat Georgia earlier in the in the year. So, I mean, this is a really deep uh, softball conference in a sport that's a lot of fun to watch, too. Open mic time, Jeff. What do you got for us? The floor is yours, buddy. And Matthew, this, this this NIL thing, I mean, we could talk on and on about this. And this, you know, it, it's just bad for the, it's just bad for the sport. And, you know, you, you don't begrudge, like I've been saying, you don't begrudge the players, you know, for, for profiting off of that. But being un, unregulated to the point that that it is it's it's just not it's just not going to be able to be sustainable and eventually you know the optimistic part of me says it, it there there is going to be some level of control to this at some point sometime in the next two to four years uh a conference, an administrative body is going to say, look, this is just out of control. We're going to have to start putting some limits in here of, you know, some I don't know. Some controls, kind of... Jeff? Huh? <laughs> some actual controls? Oh, why did he put some audit controls in here? Anyway, I'm... <laughs> I mean, I think it's 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 it's, in, it's inevitable that there there's going to be some level of control because, like I said before, uh, you know, Nick Nick Saban is not going to take too lightly to his you know his backup five star quarterback getting poached from another school for playing time. So, you know, when that sort of thing starts happening, they'll they'll start to put things together. But it didn't need to be you know four years after it started. This this could have came in place with with some level you know of regul of being regulated you know if the NCA was a capable body but we knew that they weren't so we're just going to have to kind of i guess we'll just have to kind of live with this for the next 4 years of you know your star player or any player on your team being a potential target for for someone else and yeah it's 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 not it's not good it's not good. It's not fun. It's not fun to pay watch and, and see this and, you know, more power to the, to the players, um, you know, making all they, they can make, but, um, the model is, is unsustainable. And I do have one more topic, Matthew. I'm with you, Jeff. Go ahead. What's your other topic? I I almost forgot. We just had the NFL draft. (laughs) The ACC did not perform. I was actually about to rant about that. But about that. Oh, okay. You mind if I rant? I'll let you go first, and then you can get. Then you can go. Jeff, who do all these players have in common? Let's see. Let me give you their names. James Mitchell. Where did he play? Uh, Jeff. Where did he play? James Mitchell. Yeah, the Virginia Tech tight end, right? Right, right. Where did Amari Bar Bar 
Where did Amari Barno play, Jeff? Yeah, yeah, Virginia Tech. What, Je- Jeff, where did Luke Tenuta play? I don't know, Virginia Tech. Where did Lucina Smith play, Je- Jeff? Oh, yeah, he's one of those offensive linemen we were raving about last right, year. Right, Four guys were got drafted from Virginia Tech, which I'm sorry if I sound like I'm ranting, Jeff, but boy, did that really – that was the right decision to fire Justin Fuente. Oh, All these players got drafted every year. You had people either going in the first or second round. There were four picks off a team that was one of the worst in a, in, in Virginia Tech history. Thank God he's gone. That's all I have to say. Thank <laughs> you. You're up. Yeah, Virginia Tech was one of the few ACC teams that can say they had a pretty strong draft, even though the on the field results uh, didn't match it under, under Justin Fuente. So yeah, there, we knew there's some talent there in Blacksburg, but overall the ACC did, did not have a strong draft. They finished last among the power five schools. They only had 21 players uh, drafted. Uh, Virginia Tech had four, North Carolina had four, and nobody else had more than two, including Clemson. Uh, surprisingly, a couple guys they you thought would have got drafted, like Justin Ross, um, didn't get drafted at all. But we shouldn't really be too surprised about what happened. Um, you know, this was kind of the culmination of the last, uh, you know, 2019, 2020, where the ACC really took a downturn. Um, you look at 2019 and the ACC only had one team ranked at the end of the year. Uh, Clemson in 2020, the conference went 0-6 in bowl games. And even if you want to call the bowl games meaningless, uh, 0-6 is 0-6. And they only had four wins against Power 5 schools uh, in 2019. Uh, but I, I think this was was more indicative of the last couple of years, two or three years than, than the t- talent level that's actually in the league. Cause I think last year you started to see a little bit of a turnaround um, with, with four teams being ranked in the top 20 by the end of the year. Uh, we know how talented uh, North Carolina state is this year. Georgia, uh, not Georgia Clemson is like completely loaded with NFL talent on that defense. Uh, Pittsburgh returned a ton of talent. Um, Jordan Addison, you know, we expect, he was going to be a first round pick. Um, we'll see where the money leads him to go. Oh my God. That's all you want to say. I'm just yeah. kidding. No, <laughs> I just I threw that in there. Wake Forest. Wake Forest has talent. <laughs> you know, Wake Forest has, has talent. They got guys that can get, you know, that are NFL caliber on the offense. Same with Virginia. Uh, so I, I think next year you're not going to see just 21 players from the AC. Did you know the problem with the NIL, Jeff? Yeah. <laughs> the, NI, the NIL, we can say that safely. The NIL did not cause the bad draft of the ACC. <laughs> oh, there my was God. Definitely a, there was definitely a talent drain in the conference and – you know, following that great 2016 year. So not, not surprising that the draft went pretty poorly for the conference. 
Um, but I, I do expect it to, to be much um, better in the next couple years. I, I'm so I'm sorry though. I'm so upset that I see I, I saw this constant. I mean, Virginia Tech has had a couple of good drafts the last last couple of years. You know that as well as I do. And right. they've just and and have improperly used talent for several years now. And I'm so happy that that part of our lives is done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for Virginia Tech fans, I, I can't I can't blame you. <laughs> Oh my gosh. I mean, anyway, so, well, that's it, Jeff, for tonight, but it was fun for us to get back in the seat. To, it was fun for us to get back into the seat tonight. And I enjoyed this and we did, we need to do this more often. I mean, I think we have, this was a classic version of the podcast and it, it, it was fun for us to do this tonight. So Jeff is good to talk with you and we will be back next week with another ACC football team preview. I, I don't have the schedule in front of me right now, but I can probably, you know, I can bring that. In fact, let me bring it up here and just remind our listeners who we who we have uh, who we have uh, coming coming up this who we have coming up. Uh, and I'll make sure that make sure that we uh, can give me just a moment. Make sure that we confirm. Make sure that we confirm confirm that confirm that we have. We are, conf we are, I haven't confirmed, but he's asking me to follow up to make sure we, we are supposed to preview Boston college next week with AJ black of sports of, of the uh, Boston colleges sports, uh, sports illustrated website. So he is scheduled for podcast episode 410. So, and he's always been a friend to our site and he's, he's one of the very, and honestly, I think he's probably the most, knowledgeable Boston college uh, media entity out there now, Jeff, because the Boston, the Boston, um, the, Bo the Boston newspaper, the Boston globe does not really hire a beat reporter that specializes on Boston college anymore. So we, we kind of have the number one guy on the internet. Yeah, that'll be, that'll be a lot of, that'll be a lot of fun. Boston college, you know, a little bit under the radar, but they're bringing back a, a pretty talented group of players on the offensive side of the ball. I know they, they lost a lot of those great linemen, but uh, that, that that's going to be one of the more underrated teams in the ACC, but they've, they've got, they got, they can cause some problems on the offensive side. Definitely. I agree with you. And we may have a Georgia tech podcast this week, but there, there will be news to follow potential news to follow on that. Just have to confirm, have to confirm a few things there here and there, but Jeff, it was great to talk to you, and honestly, we have to do this again because this was a very refreshing, fun podcast where we got things off of our off of our chest, but also talked about uh, some positive things that are going on in the ACC. So it's good to talk to you, my friend. Take care. Yes, you too. Bye, Matthew.